0: Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in for our show today. It's uh, actually it's raining out as we speak. David Aboud is with me, my friend, a good, very good. Hey, Jan, great to be here with you. Assistant on this whole program as we get back over this. We actually turned a corner, haven't we? On the yes, yeah, we're half the year is gone, David. It is. It's hard to believe so much has happened. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, when you're a believer, even difficult times can right. still be good times because you, yeah. you got the the blessed hope. You know, <laughs> right? I always look at that scripture that it says, uh, "I have not seen or ear heard or entered into the heart of man what great things God has planned for those that love Him." So we we live in a kind of an eternally optimistic attitude. Yeah, you look at the scripture, right? But you know, we've had guests on, we've had special topics these past months, David. We expect to have some more coming up mm-hmm. as we go through the summer. Uh, but what I really want to look at today and something we don't often discuss, but it's it's just you could keep mining this. go. Mm-hmm. It's a, just the wealth of the depth of the uh, riches of the names and titles of Jesus in the scripture, yeah. the names and titles of Jesus in the scripture. And as you study each one, whether it's Alpha the Omega or the Good Shepherd or Prophet, King, Son of David, Son of Man, they all have special significance and they all have a story behind them, and it helps you see Jesus just a little bit more clearly. Right. And what I like to think of it is like, if you have a really <clears throat> good, a big diamond, I, I forget, what was the big diamond called in the there's a famous diamond, uh, one of the biggest ever. <clears throat> but if you have it and it's got all these different facets and it's cut in a beautiful way, and you turn it and you see reflected light, blue, might be a little yellow <clears throat> here, might be red here, the more you turn it, the more it reflects. The one diamond. The hope diamond. Was it the hope diamond? Uh, I think that's the, the most famous And it just diamond, reflects yeah. light at every single facet. <laughs> and that's like these names of Jesus. Mm. They each reflect something of his nature, his character. But why, just looking at it naturally, why would a man 2,000 years ago have so many titles and so many attributes? You don't get this for Caesar or right. uh, let's say Napoleon, or any great person throughout all the ages, you know, Albert Schweitzer and whoever. But why is there so many titles and so many referrals in terms of his character, his attributes? But we're going to look at that uh, for the next couple minutes as right. we dig into it. And first, uh, just, just set the scene. One of the important things in the Old Testament is what's known as the names of God, you know, God's names. And uh, is he's known by all different kind. Of course, we think of Elohim, uh, which means God is all-powerful. He's the creator of the universe. You'll see this in Genesis 1. El often means, uh, you know, the person, the all-powerful one. And then you got El Roy, or I is the God who sees me. We see this in Genesis 16. A famous one is El Shaddai. This means God is all-sufficient, source of all blessings. Just to show you that it's one God, but many attributes, and names and titles are applied to him. And so we're gonna see as we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the same thing with Jesus. And of course, the one big one in the Old Testament is Jehovah, which means the one who is self existence. You'll see this in Exodus three, I am that I am. Yeah, God never changes, his promises never fail. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide yeah. Uh, yeah. that God is the provider. So I'm just kind of setting a basis here, David, when we right. go into this and pick out these different titles, names, attributes of Jesus, we're mindful that this idea of multiple names or titles of God in the Old Testament are many, and the titles and attributes of Jesus in the New Testament are many, but they all have specific reference to his nature, his character, what he does. So we'll dig right in. Yeah, let's whatever us do it. Thoughts on that, David, too. Well, I've got
1: like 50 different names. Really, names, really? So. You got any uh, order? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, actually, it's not. But I like John fourteen to uh The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, we had a big sermon Sunday from our pastor talking about how you know Pharisees and even us today um, would talk about the good works they've done to get into heaven, and it, it it's it's meaningless. Uh, that Jesus is the only way we can get right uh, to eternal life, and that's why I like that scripture just to remind myself that uh, you know y- you have to focus on what's important and follow Him. That's the
0: only way you're getting that. It's not your good deeds. And he's not saying, I'll show you the way. Yeah. I'll tell you. He's saying, I am yes. the way. I am the truth. Right. I am the life. Mm-hmm. So when he uses that title, right. that's a remarkable title when right. he uses I am, wherever you yeah. see him use that. Because it, it indicates, really, it goes way back to when God told uh, Moses at the burning bush "I yeah. that I am. That's right. So it, he's, he's, he's titling it back to himself. Now, mm-hmm. um He's also known as the Alpha and the Omega. Now that's a very interesting one. You'll see this in Revelation chapter one, verse eight. Yeah. Revelation chapter one, verse eight. And why this is so important is because that's a title of God in the Old Testament. It says, um, Revelation chapter one, uh-huh. "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end," says the Lord. Pray. Who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Mm-hmm. Now. Again, why this is so important, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, I am the Almighty. See, He, he he's not, you know, some cults in that will say, well, he's just an angel or he's just right. a powerful angel. But he doesn't leave us that room. You cannot say Almighty like Jesus is saying here, and either he's telling the truth or it's blasphemy. He's claiming right. God. But that idea of Alpha and the Omega, that appears in the Old Testament in Isaiah 41. I just want to tease this out a little bit he says um, that that he he is called the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And then he says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 4, who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and I am the last. I am he. Right. See what he's saying there? I am the first, I am the last, I am he. And he'll go on to, s- to say this same thing continually, you know, but... It's almost like a circle. He's claiming to be a circle. I'll, right. make, I, have no, B, I have no end. And then we get right out of the gate when we start with the A's. When we look at the person of, of uh, Jesus, you'll see this idea that, uh, you know. Well, is that a hard concept? It is a hard... I
1: always was, always will be. Um, yeah, that's a hard concept. I can imagine
0: what Moses was thinking when he was on. No, you're <laughs> right. No, you bring up a good point, David, because. <laughs> We have finite minds, right? Yeah. And we're dealing with an infinite being, you know, and so we can't, so to speak, logically jump that high, you know, logically, but because of the scripture, we can can read it and believe it, and that helps us to apprehend it in a better way. It's the same way with the Trinity. We can't fully understand one God, three persons, but because the word of God declares it, the scripture declares it, we can approach believing it, and the more we do that, the more I don't know. I say it makes sense, but it kind of fits, right? Not because we, oh yeah, I figured that out. No, because God revealed that to us. Therefore, these deeper truths of God, right, will start being revealed to us. But this idea, He's the first, He's the last, He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. Uh, you'll see that, that as we go through the mm-hmm. scriptures more and more. Wonderful. So, okay, let's look at just another one. I, I do like that's a good starting point. Um, one is, too, that uh, in First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, he's called Adam or the second Adam. Now, that's interesting that he's called the second Adam because it was the first Adam that everybody entered into the human race. You know, he's like the yes. tip of the pyramid, so to speak. But he's the first domino, <laughs> and, of course, he falls. And, and, well, the thing with Jesus is he doesn't fall, but so he has this title, the second Adam. Yeah. You and, can... and the uh,
1: the amazing thing is Adam was also pure mm-hmm. and free, free from sin when he was when life was breathed into him by
0: God. Yeah. So they had the same starting point. But, well, in a sense. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Jesus was eternal. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the idea, it says in First Corinthians, chapter 15. Right. Which verse? Uh, you can read a verse forty five okay. through forty eight.
1: So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born in the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the
0: heavenly man. Now look at that. See what? that? We all had inherited that fallen nature, sinner nature right. Right. from our first father, Adam. Right. But now when we come to Christ and we're born again, he's like the author of this new life. Right. So it's really interesting to use that first Adam, <clears throat> last Adam. And in, it's, it says that in even in Romans chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, death reigned or ruled right. from Adam to Moses, even of those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Well, who's the one that's to come? The second Adam, which is Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, very, very uh, interesting um, when you see how the scriptures put these these two together like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean,
1: <clears throat> Well, John, uh, w- when we are born, uh, we have an eternal soul. Right. Right. So um, it, th- does that tie into that last, um, I guess, visual there um, where, you know, we have the human side and then we have the spiritual side with. Uh,
0: th- is, is that how that ties in? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody that's born into this world has a, has a soul. A right. the soul is eternal. It's going right. to last forever. Somewhere. Yeah. In the presence of god or in the absence of god but uh the problem of course is we're dead in our trespasses and sins right it says it yeah. in chapter two verse one but if we receive the new birth if we as it says in roman <clears throat> john chapter one to as many as received him to them he gave the power right to become a child of god once you do that in a sense you've entered a new uh you're a new creation you've entered into uh uh life that comes through jesus christ Right. And so your old nature, your old Adam nature is actually dying. It's, uh, you're putting it to death. Yeah. You're, you're being renewed. Yeah. And then, of course, you, you don't wait till you die to get eternal life. You no. have that life right now. When you yes. Accept
1: Christ. That's so important because a lot of people think when you die, it's over. I know you did a video. It's like turning off a TV. Yeah. That's not true. You still have an eternal soul that's bound for hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So that's it. We don't have we have a choice to make. So we have the soul. It's not just turning off the TV when you die. You have an eternal soul. Yep. It's gonna go somewhere.
0: Exactly. You have the choice of where it's gonna go. Exactly right. We're responsible. You know, and that's why the good news of the gospel is is what is is God says in the old testament, I set before you this day death and life. Choose life. He wants us the two thieves on either side of Jesus. One mocked him and embarrassed and disparaged yeah. Jesus. Then the other said, I'm a sinner. Lord, remember me when you come yeah. to your kingdom. And Jesus says, truly, I say to you, this day yeah. you will be with me in paradise. Now, that's a profound statement. Yeah. yeah but that's, it, 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 I'm not saying it's simple, but it is kind of simple. You know, I mean. Which prophet would have
1: been able to say that, right? No, the, no one. Yeah. No. You know, it, and, and that's really where it comes down to the fact that he truly was the son of God. It's amazing to me to think that that criminal, all the pain and everything he went through, even though he was seeing Jesus about to die, mm-hmm. he also saw the true Christ. Yeah. That he was the son of God. That That's amazing. Yeah. Just to think that over. I'm now, probably heard,
0: he, first of all, I he probably heard about Jesus because yeah. he was... Yeah. His, his celebrity at that time was big. He had come in on Palm Sunday. So people had heard about his miracles. One of his last miracles, of course, was raising Lazarus from the dead. Di- so there's probably a rumors. Yeah. Or, but then when he saw him next to him on the cross, and the first thing Jesus says, his father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's pretty powerful. Or he, Then he entrusts Mary to his beloved right. disciple, John. Right. So he's seeing this, and he's and he's, you know, being convicted by the holy spirit but then he gets into heaven yeah and that that is something else that's uh, and
1: and so it ties in you know uh to what to what we just read there about i am the way the truth and the life uh he who cometh to me um uh cometh unto the father only by me but that's how we have eternal life you know sometimes that visual angers a lot of people yeah right to think that that thief could have lived the life he did and in the closing minutes of his natural human life uh he was received by jesus and now is going to have eternal life yeah right people are like but see that's why forget about all your (laughs) cadets what you know and you're keeping a score for how much money you give here your you know your time treasure your physical time and treasure um it's that's not the ticket. No, that that you need to do that stuff.
0: Yeah, after oh, that's right. That's so. why really once you understand what Jesus has done as He's walked us through, well, we can look at yeah. Let's it, do that. like look at Ephesians chapter two. This is a very powerful um little ten verses, but lays out so much that we didn't really understand growing up, David. I'm serious because just. Yeah. But if you notice, <clears throat> the first one, verse one through three, tells us who we are before Christ, before we become a believer. Sure.
1: Uh, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by
0: nature deserving of wrath. So look at this. Yeah, Number one, right. we're dead. Right. That means spiritually dead, right? We looked at that. Through Adam, mm-hmm. we all die. Number two, we walked according to the course of this world. In other words, the world is very attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, the bright city lights and all this other stuff, it just attracts and distracts people from coming to Christ. According to the prince and power of the air, Who's that? The spirit who now works. Yeah, Satan's Satan. Satan. So here's the enemy, the flesh, the world, the devil. Yeah. And then, and he says, all of we were there one time, right? Yeah. And we were all appointed for wrath. In other words, we got to pay for these sins. The critical issue is verse four and five. But because of
1: this great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ
0: and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Look at that. See how it pivots yeah. like on a hinge? It, but God mm-hmm. doesn't just say he has mercy. It says he's rich in mercy. It doesn't say he loves us. It says mm-hmm. great is his love for us. Even when we were dead, we just saw that we were dead. Jesus made us alive. That's the key. The Christian life is not like I'm going to go do a lot of good deeds. I'm, yeah, um, we're going to do this and do that. Yeah, we should do good deeds. We're going to see that in a moment. But no, it's you got to go from dead to life. Right. Not do more of this and do more of that. You know, New Year's resolution, turn over a new leaf. That don't make it. Then he says, so there's our past. Okay, we're one through three. Now these three verses tell about our present position in Christ, alive with him, Right. Yeah, But here's the future. Look at verse 7.
1: In order that in the coming ages he might show the in, the incomparable riches of his
0: grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. Notice that. The ages, plural, to come. That's yeah. the future. Do you understand? See how the past, mm-hmm. present, future. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, right in what was it? Seven verses there you have the whole. And how many people don't know that? That's just a little outline of life, life's problems uh, to an individual person who's trying to figure out what am I doing here, how should I out- operate? But if you come to the point, you go, you know what? I'm lost. I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. I've, I've been out in the world. I'm going to come and, and consider Jesus Christ. That's why it says, but for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten death, whoever believeth in him. That's why it says we're saved by faith, right? Yeah. And But notice that. That in the ages to come, look how good God has been to us now in this lifetime, in this fallen world. But what's he going to show us in the ages to come? (laughs) That's eternity. Yeah. So we're like in kindergarten here on this earth, maybe first grade.
1: And I like the fact we're going to be learning so much when we get to heaven. It's even uh, suggested in the the word that uh, we're going to be learning and growing, even though we're not going to be old. Yeah, right. Right. So it's counterintuitive to be, you know, be, to just be thinking no illness, no pain, no sadness, no memory of the past. Right. Which, and keeps, right so ma- body. Yeah, which keeps so many of us down. Right? The past. Yeah. Memories of the past. So that, that is so freeing to think that way.
0: Looking backwards often causes depression. Look oh, yeah. forward often causes anxiety. hmm These are two of the biggest problems in the world today. Right. Depression yeah. and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And really... I don't want to be simplistic, but in Christ, there's a lot of the remedy. We're going to be focused on the present, right? right? right and right now, oh, it's yeah. you get to heaven, yeah. right? So, what does he say here? Yep. You go on from there. In the next three verses, eight through ten, tells us what we should do in the meanwhile. For
1: it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us
0: to do. There we go. There's the good works. Now, after you're saved. So we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. That's a very important thing. A lot of people think, well, I'm just going to try to be a really good guy. Yeah. I'm going to try to do this, but they've never really been born again. No. They never came to Christ. They never received new life in Christ. It is so much easier a big- to follow the path that God has given us
1: than to try and do this on your own. Yeah. It is so much easier. Life is so much easier. Your 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 family is easier to manage. Your business is easier to manage. Uh, your, your lifestyle, everything is so much easier. Yeah, otherwise. I mean, you know, and that that's the challenge. So it's kind of like, John, uh, for me too, um, I needed a, a big event, yeah, to get out of my trance about being focused on the earthly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, God woke me up and came for me, which was the best gift ever. Right. But how do we get people out of the trance with their with their technology? with their workload, with their family. You know, they're tired at the end of the day, yeah. you know, to study the Bible. You know, how do we—and that's where the enemy comes in and attacks because he knows he knows that he can keep people in this trance until it's too late.
0: Uh, well, yeah, again— uh, How do we get people out of the trance? What would you suggest? Several things. Yeah. Number one, if they're not a Christian, if they don't yeah. have the Holy Spirit, yeah. the Bible says in Corinthians 2— the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. So before I became a Christian at age 27, David, yeah. I didn't really have an interest in the Bible. I mean, yeah. I knew a little about right. it and this and that, yeah. but I didn't. But after I became a believer, it says in First Peter "What as yeah. a newborn baby, desire mm-hmm. the sincere milk of the Word. Now you want it. You really see a benefit to this book. You know it's different than any other book. Yeah. So it's putting life in you. It says in Psalms, the entrance of the right. Word gives light, so you're... Now you want it. It's I always say it like this. When I was little, I I went to church because I had to go to church. But when I became a believer, I go to church because I want to go to church. See, before, the same way with reading the Bible, if you had to do it at school or church when you were younger, before you were a Christian, you'd think, ah, oh, it's kind of boring, yeah. tedious. But now that you're a Christian, you're looking and saying, oh, that's, that prophecy is fulfilled, and that applies to me, and this, so all of a sudden it's, yeah. it comes alive to you. You know, um, I was thinking about uh, the movie, we, the movie we went to
1: together. Uh, Jesus, uh, what is it? The um, the Jesus Revolution, right? And when you were looking at those hippies, you know, I remember the the pastor said, you know, they're searching for something. Yeah, right. And that's why they were so receptive to receiving God. You know, when I think about your two missionary friends we've had on the radio, they said two key things to break them of their trance. If you exist, show me. yeah Raymond said that and he had that vision of the Bible hanging in his room. Yeah. and Charlie said that yeah. and he looked down and there was that keychain with a cross on it that was well, that got them out of the trance and then they started getting in the word. yeah. So maybe that's a way to do it is to pray that prayer.
0: Well, all the or, everybody comes in different ways. Um What do you think? Is that Well those guys were pretty far out? Yeah, well, I yeah. you know, it's like Paul. He knocked him to the ground and they, you know, blinded him for yeah. three days. Other people, Lydia and these other they just came on a bright sunny day. They were at a prayer thing by the river. Yeah. And you know, yeah. In uh, Philippi. So there's no one set way yeah. but you're right. The world has a hypnotic effect. Yes. It's it's uh, there's a spiritual gravity going on here because mm-hmm. it's a fallen world. By nature, we're pulled downward, David. We're not pulled upward spiritually. Yeah. Now, once you become a believer and you break these chains, continue a process. But all of a sudden, you're rising. Now, you're you're. I, I want to hang out with godly people. I want to read the Word of God. I want to pray. I want to change my behaviors. You know, so then you're 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 lifting yourself. You're 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 becoming sanctified, right. which means it's a saint. Yeah. So you're moving in that direction. You're thinking. You won't you won't even believe who you were when you look back on your life and you think, I did that. Yeah, I did that. You can't believe it. Yeah. You may right? Oh yeah. But that's that's because we're dead to the old right. Um, how do you break the down? new man? Yeah. Right? You know, we
1: talked about this. It's like we are now in a new race. Oh yeah. And and we've left our, our other race on the other side of the fence. If you can think that way and you've gotten me to think that way, along with the word, um, but I never looked at it that way, just to say I'm part of a new race, so I can shed my skin uh, from all my past. Right, and just move on. Exactly right. And you also said that you know. I remember this too because I told my family this. You know, quit looking in the rearview mirror. The front window of your car is much bigger, and it's there's a much brighter future over there.
0: So not only that, you keep looking in the rearview mirror. You're gonna you're gonna get killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the past is past. <laughs> the right. Apostle Paul says. Forgetting those things that are past, I press forward to the high calling of Christ Jesus. The past is past. You can't change it. But you can change a present, which is going to affect your future.
1: And when you look at one of, I think you and I both agree, he's one of our favorite disciples, right, um, Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was a murderer of Christians. Yeah, yeah, even Moses, you look at that, um, one of the one of the greatest prophets, too. Look at their past. Hey, listen. If they can come through this and, and God forgave them yeah, right. and look look at the heights that they went to, all of us have had the opportunity. Yeah, right.
0: So anyway. So there's a couple of the names we just started. We're just scratching the surface yeah. on this. But another one that's really, I think, quite interesting, if you look at them, it's this idea of branch. Uh, look oh, at Jeremiah 23.5. That's a good one. Yeah. If you look at Jeremiah Twenty three five. Oh, twenty three five? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Um you're getting this idea of this, this coming branch. Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, if you read that there.
1: The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the
0: Lord our righteous Savior. Yeah. I mean, Don- the, who Who is that? You know. What yeah. I mean, you got to ask yourself. To tie into that, Zechariah three eight it says this. Uh, Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for there there they are a wondrous sight. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant the branch. I'm bringing forth my servant the branch. Uh, for behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon the stone are seven eyes, and he says, uh, "I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day." So again, we see this idea of this branch called the servant, the righteousness of God, and you're thinking to yourself, "Well, who 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 is this?" You know, um, mm. that that's the Messiah. So, you know? how many years ago was that written? About six hundred years. Yeah. Wow. Six hundred years Wow. And so the idea of the branch is there, the branch is coming. See, if you're in uh, Jeremiah, if you just go to chapter 33, jump ahead a little bit, um, chapter 33, you see the same thing, uh, this idea of the branch in verse 15. Right. 33.
1: In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called
0: the Lord, our righteous Savior. Notice that. And this branch is called a righteous Savior. So when you see that, you can't, you got to say, okay, what? who is this? And how is he coming here? And so when Jesus says in John chapter 15, I am the true vine. Right. My father is the vine dresser. He is that bra- he is that, that life-giving uh, plant, if you will. And it's uh, very interesting because Scripture talks about how he's going to grow up like a tender little plant, you know, in, in, in Nazareth, and uh, very small, so to speak. But when you see it, then you start thinking, oh, yeah, it fits. You know, these things fit together. Oh, but that's God. the idea of the branch. Yeah. The branch. <clears throat> so, again, any one of these names that we're looking uh-huh. at. It could be kind of teased out a little bit um, and magnified, really. But if you look at the whole idea of um, the, the cheap cornerstone. Yeah, that's look, a good one. Look, yeah, look at Psalm 118 Psalm. just for a moment, and then we'll go to the New Testament. Psalm 118. Uh huh. And this is a thousand years before fulfillment. Wow. Psalm 118. And yeah. you look here. It is to me, it's just amazing when you really think how this thing works. Um, you can see it. Uh, think about Palm Sunday. Jesus is coming, coming into here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has received his. Right. But look, <clears throat> look how it starts in verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. <clears throat> I will praise you. You have answered me. You have become my salvation. There, verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Well, who is this? Who did Israel reject? That beca- yeah. the, the cornerstone. And then he said, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And then you see when it goes over here, what are they saying? Verse 25. Uh, save. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. And it says, where they say it, that's Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, he's mm-hmm. coming. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Right. Then it says, you are my God. I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to the Lord for he is good. So when you come to the New Testament, let's say in Luke chapter 19, you see this very thing happening um, where he's coming in on Palm Sunday. He's being rejected. And... uh the people almost don't like realize everything that's going on yeah. because they, <clears throat> they knew the scripture but they didn't know the application of the scripture like 19 and he, what does he say here as he's coming in exactly he says um which verse uh this is the triumphal entry at verse 28 of luke Luke okay.
1: 28 uh uh-huh. after jesus has said this he went on ahead going up to jerusalem as he approached approached Why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Mm -hmm. Wow. uh, He's coming in now. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory uh, in the highest. Look at that. There you go. He's just from Saul. Look look at him praising him and, you know, uh, and then look what happened a few days later.
0: And now the crucifixion. Four days later. I mean, wow. That's the rejection phase. and He even says that's going to happen because when you look down, he's going to even describe it in verse 43 and 44.
1: The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the
0: time of God's coming to you. You see that? He's predicting 40 years from then when the Romans come in, it's scorched earth. He's predicting because they reject the cornerstone. They reject them, and now they're going to get crushed.
1: How oh, man? It's just hard to comprehend in four
0: days, and it's historic, that kind of man. turn. Yeah. Even if people don't believe it, it's historical fact. Mm-hmm. In 78 AD, Rome went in there and just obliterated the place, because for two thousand years it wasn't a country. Peace. So it's accurate. Yes. Yeah. Just accurate. Yeah. After accurate. Yeah. So that is a very important uh, one. Uh, now, just the title of the sun. Yeah. You know, the son of the son of God. Like if you look at Psalm uh, two, which is often cited in the New Testament as a fulfillment. But Psalm two, it tells you uh, this son of the son of God, uh, this one that. uh, (coughs) Yeah, I I got it. it, Well, it begins with it's like where we're at in the world today with all this moral Uh law breaking and all these people going their own way. But look at the condition of man. Look at verse one through three.
1: Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed,
0: saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Notice that? They don't want any control of God in their life. Right. And it goes all the way up to the high kings, rulers, supreme courts, whatever. They're saying, we don't want any restrictions on our behavior. We'll define sexuality. We'll we'll define marriage. We'll see what we can do. Pass laws to kill little children. On and on and on on and on on, because they don't we don't want God's authority. But it's his government. Yeah, exactly. But look at God, look what God says in verse four. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs
1: at them, he rebukes them in his anger, and terrifies them in his wrath,
0: saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. There you go. God is just sees this happening. He sees it, and he's going to cause derision or confusion among them. Now he declares this idea of a king. He's got his own king. But who is this? Now this voice speaking here seems to be Jesus when you look up in verse 7 through 8. I will proclaim the Lord's
1: decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth, your possession.
0: Look at that.
1: Yeah, you will break them with a rod
0: of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. There you go. He inherits all the nations. Remember right. Satan tried to tempt our Lord in the wilderness? Right. Bow down before me, me, I'll give you all. Of that was one well, of he tempt- will he. he will be king of kings and lord of lords in this coming day. But when he comes, he's, that. that's judgment. When he says, I'll break them with a the rod of iron. I shall dash them in pieces like pottery. But it seems like the Holy Spirit is speaking now in verse 10 and 11 and 12. Therefore,
1: you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. I think that's so important because when I was a kid, even though I didn't read the Bible, I didn't think I had the authority to understand the Bible, that I had to go through a priest, I always feared God. And when we see the explosion in Africa and even China and some of these other places, when you interview them, and we had some missionaries from Africa tell us, the big thing for the transformation is they have a fear of God. Yeah, right. Where in the U.S. with all this tech and stuff, we're sending people to the moon. Now Mars, we we think, what do we need God for? Yeah, right. We're on top of our game, and
0: exactly. we can do whatever we need to do to survive. That's right. The Bible yeah, says, so it's sad. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Right. So what we're getting now, Dave, with, yeah. with, with information sharing and AI and everything, the curve, on information and knowledge is going off the charts. It's just zooming like a rocket ship if you had a flow chart here right? Just zoom, going off. But wisdom is Mm flatline. Maybe even wisdom is the right understanding of how to use knowledge. Right. So we're just becoming very, very sophisticated sinners. We're becoming high-tech sinners. That's why... The internet, I think also a oh, oh. depth of it is pornography now, you know, ah. and, and, and the TV is getting worse and worse. No. So we're inventing things, but we don't know how to use them with wisdom. I like what you said, high tech
1: centers, uh, that there's a ton of truth to that. I mean, it is so, you know, when you have high tech, though, and the way we live so comfortably, it is hard to fear God. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's not hard for me and, and for you. But we've had to we've had to really get into the word to understand who he is. Right. And even it says here, um, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. That wasn't just back in the in the early days. Yeah, right. It, it is consistent and it is real today. We have no idea when he's coming, but when we see the wrath when he comes. Boy, it's, people are going to understand what that quote, what that
0: scripture means. And it says, when his wrath is kindled, but a little. That's why it's so interesting when we study the book of Revelation. Yeah. And it talks about the wrath of the lamb. Right. I mean, how can a lamb have wrath? You ever look at a lamb? They don't have claws or the legs. good,
1: I mean, the good shepherd, you know, they know how to fight. They use their stick well. But yeah, a lamb. And, he, and he's called the Prince of Peace. And he's, he's got but when man. he comes back... Huh.
0: It's a different ball game. I mean, it's wow. That's why now is the day of, of his of grace. Yeah, in the sense that today is the day of salvation. This is the time to run to him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Don't what, wait. Don't wait. John the Baptist says, "Repent and flee the wrath to come." There's a coming judgment, and now we're on this bright, sunny day. Yeah. People have breath in their body. They have. The that's right. promise today. Get things. For, if you're listening today. Just make sure your relationship with God through Jesus Christ is in good order. You know, if not, then you pray and you admit you're a sinner, turn from sin. Yeah. Ask Jesus to come into your life. That's right. Charge your That's life. right. Then find a good church. Yeah. Be under the word of God. Be with fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll grow, but flee the wrath to come. It is coming. There's a judgment coming.
1: You know, initially, again, and, and I say this out of out of love and respect, but when I first started meeting you, I thought, you know, wow, um, th- this is. I don't think I can really get into this too much uh-huh. with you because it, it seemed really in left field for me to be this deep um, and to be focused on this every day and be centered on Christ. I, I never understood what that meant, but you know, w- w- the the scripture I like Jeremiah seventeen thirteen says, "The fountain of living water, O Lord, the hope of Israel. All that forsake thee shall be ashamed." And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. All your needs are are fulfilled when you come to to Lord Jesus. You'll never be thirsty again. Right. And only you know. And and it's a little bit of a metaphor with the physical water, but your your mental
0: side, your spiritual side, it all gets fulfilled. Yeah, very good. What you brought up. Yeah, that's Jeremiah seventeen. Yeah, thirteen. And, uh, yeah. I want to just show you how. I'm really about connecting the Old and the New Testament. Yeah, sure. You know, I, know I know you like that. Yeah. It says, now look. Where are you? Um, chapter 17. Where are you? You just read from. Jeremiah 17. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, now look. It says, um, verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written on the earth because they have forsaken the Lord the fountain of living water. Next verse, heal me, O Lord, I shall be healed. <clears throat> Save me, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. Indeed, uh, indeed, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. Now, remember that. We, we just read. Now, turn to John chapter 8. I'm going to show you something here. Just remember, of those elements we just wrote. Okay. okay, now, this is the famous one with the woman's fountain in a dungeon, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Now, to set the scene here, it's in the temple. And the previous, Jesus had just said what in verse chapter 7 of John, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the beast, <clears throat> Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow waters of rivers of living water. So he's, he's promising this living water. Okay, cha- a couple verses later, we're in chapter 8 woman's caught in adultery in the temple region they bring her right throw her down in front of Jesus they say we caught her in adultery yeah what do you say the Bible says or the Old Testament says she must be stoned okay Moses law command thats it's in, it's in uh, Leviticus and they um they're testing him here Jesus stoops down and what does he do he writes in the ground as though they did not hear as he did not like he didn't hear them they continue to ask it him And again, he stooped down and wrote again. Those who were convicted in their conscience, they went out, beginning with the older, even to the last. What did we say in chapter 17? O Lord, uh, verse 13, O Lord, the hope of Israel, that's Jesus, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. These men were put to shame that day because they dropped their rocks. Those who depart from me will what? Shall be written where? So <clears throat> you're in 14 uh, verse verse
1: 13. Yeah. I am coming to you now, but I say these things. No, while I'm, I'm still in the world. So they no, may
0: have no, a, verse 13. I'm, uh, Jeremiah. Oh, says, Jeremiah. I'm showing you, you got the wrong line. Line. Okay. I just showing you. It says, Oh Lord, the hope of Israel. That's right. says all who forsake you shall be ashamed. That's the ones that brought this woman. Okay. Those <clears> who depart from me from yep. the Lord shall be written. Where in the earth? What did Jesus just do? He wrote in the earth. OK, because they have forsaken who the Lord, who is what? The fountain of living water. Mm-hmm. What did he just promise yeah. in John? Yeah, they departed. You see these these yeah. nice elements <clears throat> together. They, they were together. ashamed. Their names were written in the earth and the do- I don't know what he wrote, but it would go. The- but the-, but the-, the key here is they forsake living waters.
1: Yeah. You know, all the prophecies in the Old Testament and then the New Testament, is just like um it, it's just like a continuation and a proof uh, system for the fact that he is the Son of God. Yeah, yeah I, I like that visual, you know, you gave me when I first got into this. You said the Old Testament, it's it's like drawing a sword. You know, the one side is the Old Testament, the other side is the New Testament, right. and the point is Christ who who, who unifies him. Right. Um and, and that's really where the word
0: is our sword. Yeah, ah, right, ah, right. Ah. You know, with our armor. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> so, so if somebody came yeah. to your door, a Jehovah Witness, a Mormon, whoever. Right. You can use the word of God in a nice way. I mean, I mm-hmm. mean you know, I like criticize the people, but you push the point in. Right. And I'll talk about the deity of Jesus. They, they fall short. Exactly. And you can prove his deity from the Old Testament or from the New Testament. Amen. And when you re- reuse both sides. Well, then you're really, it, it really, you're very effectual in terms of uh, who he is. Now, the other one, of course, is this idea of shepherd. Uh, Jesus is the shepherd, and you'll see this in John chapter ten, this title. So we're t- today we're just kind of go through the titles and the names of Jesus, and um, here he says um, he actually gives parables and talks about this idea of the good shepherd who leads. Yeah the the ninety nine it goes after the one lost one, but he here he says in John chapter ten, truly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs some other way, is the same as a thief. And then he makes this statement when he says, I I am uh, the good shepherd. You see, he says that in verse fourteen. I am the good shepherd, and the and the sh- good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Right. Well, he's saying a lot there. Number one. Yeah. He's saying, he's using that I am word. This is one of his seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. But he doesn't say, I'm the shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd. Who's good? No one's good but God. That's what he told the rich young ruler, right? Right. I am the good shepherd, but this shepherd is just a good shepherd that leads and feeds and protects the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. Yeah. He seeks out the sheep. Oh. Uh, this is, Why this is so important, it comes on the heels of or where this poor, poor blind man was cast out. Uh, remember, he um, they sent him away because he, he testified of Jesus, and he leaves uh, the temple area. And But it says in chapter 9, Jesus went looking for him. Um, it says, you know, which is really interesting, where he's seeking, like a good shepherd, he's seeking the lost. Jesus is a seeker, and he'll give us those parables of the woman that was lost a silver coin and she had 10, but she lost one. So he goes seeking it. And the shepherd has a hundred sheep. He loses one. He goes seeking. Yeah. The husband, the father, of the two sons, he goes seeking. He's looking out. Let's put it that way for the prodigal son. So we see this idea of Jesus as shepherd. Right. Uh,
1: well, I, I like that because he says in, in verse 13, the man runs away because he is a hired hand when the wolves come to attack. Yes and cares nothing for the sheep. But, you know, Jesus did not do that. Obviously he died on the cross for us. Um, but, uh, that's in John 10. So, um, you know, and, and I think, um, when Jesus told us, you know, our job here is to, you know, create disciples and, um, and tell the world of him. That's where, do we actually move into the, the shepherd role because we have to care about people we never cared about no, before you're, right. uh, versus being a hired and saying, oh, yeah, they fell down or, yeah, they're living in sin or whatever. I'm just going to walk by him. No, you're lying. Yeah, so we have to assume a little bit of his nature and character yeah. if we're actually going to perform the ways he needs us to perform or he asked us
0: to perform. Um, yeah, well, shepherd, of course, that's where we get the term for a past Right pastoral you know pat, right uh, a pastor will lead feed and protect the sheep that's at a basic level right that's a pastor but yeah. in a sense we also are given responsibility yeah. to seek out you know the people god <clears throat> in our own path right and, and to try yeah. to reconcile them to god it's to, we're told that we have the ministry of reconciliation but when you consider this idea of shepherd i just want to read for a moment psalm the famous psalm 23 and how this applies to jesus psalm 23 uh, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <clears throat> he makes me lie down in green pastures. Right. So he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Well, if you consider in the, the gospel of John chapter 5, it talks about the feeding of 5,000. Well, a couple of things are going there. Before Jesus fed them, he taught them. He healed them. It says that because it's in all four gospels. Yeah. And then they're hungry, right? But he says, look. Don't send them home. What do we got? And, and uh, Andrew says we got two fish and we got these loaves of bread, these little pieces of bread. The little boy has. Okay, Jesus says, make them. He says, make them sit down in groups of fifty or hundred. And it's uh, the gospel says it's much green grass. They're probably on a sloping hill because right. five thousand people. But before he feeds them, it says he leads them in paths of righteousness. He was teaching them how to live a righteous life, right? Right. But then he says he makes them to lie down. He's making them sit down in orderly groups. And then he stands up and he blesses the food. He gives thanks. But you see, if they're all in clumps of 50 and 100, like the gospel says, they're all down. He's standing up. What does he look like? What do these clumps look like on this green pasture? Sheep. Yeah. He's just feeding sheep. Yeah, He's feeding this sheep. Yeah. His sheep. yeah. You see mm-hmm. this, David? Yeah. And then right after that, in John it's later in that same chapter, he stills the storm for the apostles. They were gone to Lake Galilee. What's the next thing it says here? He says, he leads me beside the still waters. And where does he do this? Yea, do I walk through the belly of she- I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, who was the enemies at that time? It was the Romans. Yep. But he's mm. doing this with a huge crowd of people. Probably about the number you would get in Lakewood Stadium on a high school football night. That kind of numbers. Yeah. But he's doing that right in the presence of his enemies. You see all these elements coming through Oh, yeah. with the Good Shepherd. And uh it's remarkable, David. Really, when you start getting into this book, um you just it's like it's like a gold mine or something. You just keep digging and digging and digging and you see all these answers. He has all the answers for life. And the afterlife. You know, well, as
1: many as He's revealed to us, yeah, in the afterlife. But it's, uh, yeah, that's the difference, you know. Um, I'm sitting here thinking about the fact that I'm going to go see the last Indiana Jones movie, right? Oh, is that right? Uh, well, you know, it's, um, it's just I. When I was a kid, I used this to watch the movie. Yeah. yeah, they're, uh, it's they're looking for um, this dial that I don't know what it's going to do. I actually, um, it, I don't know what they're going to, what they're going to take it from from the previous movies. But the reason I brought that up is they were looking for the Holy Grail, oh, okay. right? And one of the Indiana Jones, and really to me, it's the Bible. It's the okay. word of God. Sure. And, you know, um, we can search for so many things in life, uh, you know, being in the best physical shape we can be in. So looking good, wealth, uh, prestige, and none of it matters because it could be lost in a moment's notice. This is the most valuable um, mm. asset we have
0: that we were given by God is is the word. Yeah, better than silver yep. and gold it says. Right. Well, one thing it not only transforms us but then we have legacy mm-hmm. where we can influence people. Yeah. You know, not that we're any great shakes but God can right. use us to share the word with other people to uh-huh. see their lives change. That's like the greatest thing of all, you know. Yeah,
1: well, so here it is. So Dear Devil Archaeologist Indiana Jones races against time to retrieve a legendary dial that can change the course of history. Jesus changed the course of history yeah, he, for us yeah. from death to life. And so those movies are fun, but this this is really the
0: the, the true uh, the true prize right. l- that we get from God. And then, like yeah. if you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark, first right. one, mm-hmm. of course, they're looking for the ark. That's right, the animal, yep. You know the. the uh, Mm-hmm. Which is of course uh, where the presence of God abode above the mercy right. seat. There was like a, it's like a footlocker, yeah. and uh, but what is interesting there, of course, I mean we don't know where the ark is today in the yeah. supposedly, but um, okay. and that uh, what was in the ark was Aaron's rod, uh, was the Ten Commandments, and there was a pot of manna. You see, was Jesus's cup in there from the Last Supper? No? no, no, no. It okay. was. that it predates it by. Uh, that predates it almost two thousand. Okay, years. yeah. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, fifteen hundred years before wow. Jesus, the Holy Grail is what you're thinking of the cup. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's so he plays off that kind right. of. Yeah. But the, te- the, the, the 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 mercy seat mm-hmm. um, is very powerful in a sense. There's cherubim on top, like these Damn. figurines, and then the gold top of this chest. Yeah, they're kneeling, looking at each. The together, wings are right. tipped yeah. out. But that's God says, I dwell between the cherubim, which when we study Revelation, he actually is dwelling between the cherubim. So we see this kind of a miniature here and what's going on up there. But the point being that it was his presence. He was present, but then it departed. Israel was wicked. Mm -hmm. The presence of God actually departed. Right. The spirit of God left. But when Jesus comes, it says God became flesh and dwelt among us. So then Jesus will say in John chapter 2, destroy this temple, and I'll raise it in three days. He was talking about his body. So that's another title he has early on, as yeah. temple, uh, which is a game changer. When you really consider, we'll start wrapping it up on this, yeah. but when you consider, I always say this, in the book of Genesis, you see God coming in and leaving. He walks in the cool of the day, talks right. to Adam. Yeah. He comes down. He talks to Abraham. He goes back up. He comes down uh, in Genesis 18. He actually uh, has a meal with Abraham. It's the three visitors, it's called. And two are dispatched, they're angels, and they go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But as you go into Exodus and in the promised land, and they're going through the wilderness, he says, Build me a tabernacle, a a portable tent system. I'm going to dwell with you. Mm -hmm. There's the presence of God dwelling in this tabernacle. Much, much later, when they're in the, Israel, in the Promised Land, now they don't need a tent; they got a proper temple. And Solomon builds this temple. But God is dwelled in the Holy of Holies. But when Jesus comes, God is dwelling in human flesh. This is important because when the flesh is destroyed through the crucifixion, the blood is shed. He ascends to heaven, sends His Holy Spirit that we can now become the tabernacle or the temple. Do you see what I'm saying, David? It's a mind, it's a game changer, big time. Maybe somebody has never heard this before, but God's desire is that he can live within you. Yeah. You know, and, and it's simply by and invitation, he will. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, it's called the greatest mystery hidden throughout all the ages, Christ in you. The hope of glory. Amen. That's everything. Yeah. So if you're listening today, we're very happy you tuned in. This is WNCN Radio coming from Lorain, Ohio. And uh, we're just scratching the surface, David. I look at some of these titles and um, attributes of Jesus. We could pick it up at a latter time. I know we got some interviews coming up. So God bless all of you for tuning in. And like I said earlier, if you've never really committed your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Yes. Don't harden your hearts. You know, don't stop, block your ears. That God could be actually reaching out to you through these radio waves. So God bless you. And have a great weekend. And Lord Willie will be uh, talking to you again next week. Thank Take care, everyone. God bless.